<laughs> Alrighty. I think we got it. Awesome. If it doesn't, we'll go find a different route. Anyway, um, welcome to the podcast. This is first episode. This is episode one, the Knowles and Dogs podcast. I'm Hunter. I'm the Georgia Bulldog fan. I don't have anything on right now, but I'm uh, (laughs) I'm Dylan. I'm the Florida State Seminole fan. I also don't have anything on at the moment, but um, I'm saving it for tomorrow. All right, saving it for tomorrow. Big one coming. Big time. What time is that game at? Eight o'clock, ABC. Ooh. Oh, so you guys are gonna get like Mark Daniels and Mark Dave or. Uh... Actually, it might be ACC Network. I don't remember for sure. I have both, so it doesn't matter. But. Yeah. It's life of big shot. Eh. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we have. Um... I'm trying to like move over so I can get my doc here. Um. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Todd Blackledge and Sean McDonough calling our game. Ooh, that's a good. Yeah, so what, we what time's that game at? Seven o'clock on ESPN. Mm. Since Georgia doesn't get night games at home, yeah, we haven't had one since last year, South Carolina. Or so mm-hmm. we get the we get to be the away team's night game. Yeah. Or the yeah. So the anyway. Sam um, uh, Sanford Stadium doesn't get any good like home games. It feels like this is like this no. year was the first year. Like this year was the first time I've ever heard like a, a hyped up matchup for a Georgia home game. I mean, like last year there was the Arkansas game, which was was, was a big game, hyped up because they were four zero. They had just beaten A and M. They had looked pretty good, but it was a noon kickoff. They were frauds. They, they were, were frauds. frauds but though. at the time, you can't. They're four zero. I mean, yeah. so, but that was a but that was a noon kickoff, and then you had the. Kentucky game, which game day was there. Mm-hmm. They were yep. like 11th in the country, but again, it was a 3.30. So, like, we only had one night game, and it was South Carolina. So, it kind of stinks because, yeah. like, the Tennessee game should have been the night game. Or I don't understand uh, why it wasn't. Because, so, Listen, was C- so CBS see, because gets, CBS didn't even have a night game. Yeah, they did. So, CBS gets one night game a year. And they also, mm-hmm. since they have rights to the SEC still, they have the top choice. So they used their night slot right. earlier this year, the doubleheader slate earlier this year for the A&M Alabama. That's like so, the worst game they could have picked, too. Yeah, because... Like um, that was just sloppy football. You're watching two backups stink. Again, but at the time, you don't know it because of all the hype or all the crap that was going on in the offseason. Yeah. You just don't know. But um, The Jimbo and the saving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... All right, well, let's get straight into it So because yes. we don't have forever here. Mm-hmm. So, um, we'll start out with the UGA game. Just because no, that is one team in the country. Oh, appreciate it. So, dogs are at Mississippi State this uh, weekend. The line is 16. Okay. I think it's mm-hmm. 16 still right now. Um, the over-under is 53.5. So, uh, okay. they're coming off a gargantuan win. Uh, what Georgia mm-hmm. is beating the brakes off of yep. Tennessee. Um, we had the number one, the number one team in the country. They were they were frauds. I mean, let's be honest. We, no, uh, but they had a good offense. But they just they were they hadn't been tested. They had the not been that, tested by a real defense, to be honest. That's I know because Bama's Bama's defense is solid, but they're not anything special. That's um, 
But the fact that they were being compared to the 2019 LSU team was outrageous and, quite frankly, was disrespectful to that team. I mean, my dogs I agree. lost. I mean, Georgia lost by 27 to LSU. Granted, we that had was, Jake yeah, Fromm. Granted, we had Jake Fromm, who was our quarterback, and who was just, wasn't bad. I would not. But George Pickens was suspended the first half of that game because he punched because he beat the shit out of the Georgia guy. Georgia Tech fight, yeah. Yeah, so he beat the shit out <laughs> of the guy. Heard that, yep. So he got his funny fight because he came in the second half and he scored a touchdown. So, but you know. anyway, we have Mississippi State. We're at Starkville. I don't want to say it's maybe it's like at Starkville. Yes, it is at Starkville. We don't. Our, our only our last home game is uh, Georgia Tech. So, mm. um, so could be. I'm not thinking it's a trap game. If I was going to lose a game this year in the regular season, I'd rather have it be this game because it's a non-divisional game. So it doesn't have any impact yeah. on us. That's why it was so big that we won last week. Um, mm-hmm. But I, th- I don't think I think we'll take care of business. I think this is, it's going to be really cold. It's supposed to be really cold there Saturday night. So yeah. it's be a run game. They run a three-three-five defense. So I think we should have no problem with that. My only issue is um, Will Rogers lit us up two years ago. I know it's a different defense, mm-hmm. but I just. Hopefully, I want to see if we can just bounce back, keep it going. You know, don't know like yeah. no uh, letdown spot because we got we're at Kentucky the week after with a chance to clinch the division. So hopefully, we just take care of business um, and just roll. I don't know if you have anything about it. So only things, only keys I really have to this game is going to be Mississippi State is coming off a bloodbath where they barely got out of. They, well, they, blew like, Auburn. they blew like a 20-point lead. An Auburn team, yeah. It was an Auburn team they had no business being in a game with, actually. No. Which either – this game, to me, is going to prove one of two things. Either Auburn under Cadillac Williams has a heartbeat and they can compete with teams, mm-hmm. or Mississippi State is falling off. The Mississippi State cannot keep up. That Mike Leach may have been not the answer there. And that they and need to we, eventually move on as soon as possible. What we because do Because if he can, he's at this point. Hmm? Three years in. He's three years in at Mississippi State. They haven't beat Alabama once. They haven't even competed with Alabama one time. They haven't beat Ole Miss once. They, um, they just, they, they're sitting in mediocrity, quite frankly. Yeah. And for a program that wants to compete, I, I don't, you know, because you do have one of the best offensive minds in the sport in Mike Leach. He he is a great offensive guy. He can coach. He can get you good, like NFL offensive like players, like receivers and quarterbacks and stuff. But you got to accept that he's not going to be able to coach your defense to even stop like the children of the poor. That's that. that's where I'm. Uh, that's why I think that we should have no issue because Leach is. I mean, if you mm-hmm. look, they don't really. Sh- Every time they have a big, the big bad boys on the block come to play them, they crumble and they crumble. I mean, Bama this year, or Bama earlier this year, thirty to six. Mm-hmm. LSU this year completely yeah. blew that game. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's every they really only it's every really, even Kentucky. They went into Kentucky and struggled against that offense mm-hmm. in that defense. Yeah. So. 
I think it's they beat up on inferior opponents. I don't disrespect Will Rogers. I do worry about it because he can't throw the ball. He like he's a really good. I think he's a really good thrower. And he's an underrated quarterback. He's a he's a he's a good passer. Now, granted, they their, do you throw, know, they do throw the ball about the sixty, ball 60 times, times a game. Man. So, because like their yeah. run game is more of a just throw it into the like a screen. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> So their, yeah, their run game is like third and one, or it's a screen pass. Mm, yep. they, oh. Their running backs spend more time blocking than yeah. running the ball. Um, a key matchup I was looking at possibly for this game would be the um, is uh, the pretty much running game of Georgia versus that the Mississippi State run game run defense. Because they're actually, right. to be honest, so it's funny though, because as far as like their 3 3 5 D, mm-hmm. Mississippi State does uh, run the ball or stop the run decently well. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the stats right here. Like they, they only do allow. Force you to throw the ball. They do, because they only. It's crazy, because I'm looking at their splits. Mississippi State's defense is allowing 325 yards a game through the air, but mm-hmm. only 80 yards rushing. So, yeah, I I want to see even because even two years ago when these two teams met, they didn't Georgia didn't run the ball well. They ran for like they ran for under a hundred. So cause they forced JT Daniels to throw the ball. So I want to see if we can establish the run early. If you can establish the run early, I think we'll be fine because then you could just run the ball because we could have our, we have met Kenny got Kenny Deshaun and Branson with now Kendall Milton back. Yeah, I think you can just kind of keep this thing this. On this like, well-oiled machine rolling, I think that would be the biggest key right there. I think also, though, is a big reason as to why their rushing stats are so low is most you're playing a shootout with Mississippi State most weeks. Yeah. That if you don't, if you can't stop them from moving down the field at the beginning of the game, like mm-hmm. you got to stop them from getting off quick. Because if they get off quick, you can't run the ball because you you, yeah. you gotta you gotta get you gotta score quick. Because if you can't keep up with that Mississippi State offense, I mean. That's why I think it was. Uh, yeah. That's why I think it was big that we played this final thought. I think this is big, though, that we played um, Tennessee the week before. Because offensively, mm-hmm. like, um, scheme wise, they all have the same. Like, they wanted. It's air raid, it's like that, spread you out. That, Get you going downfield. I want you spread out so you have to play only about – you can only put stack four or five in the box so that way we can kind of work with you. So I think it was good that we stopped Tennessee's offense. I think we should have no problem shopping Mississippi State. Yeah. But that's Sorry. why you play the games. That's why you play the yeah. games. So I think we're both going to agree. I think Georgia wins this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're not going to win by as much as the point spread is going to be. I think they win by ten. Because I think, because I think Mississippi State is going to be able to score. That's just I what think, they do. There's never been a team outside of Alabama who they just lay a crap on every single year for the past I don't know. What, like 15 I mean, years. They haven't. They, I don't know. They said the same thing. With I think Tennessee. I think they keep it within ten. I think we beat them by. Yeah, but I think Tennessee got into their own heads there. Also, I don't know. I think Tennessee I think, bought into themselves. Mississippi I, State's going to come in. I think they're going to be like, we have nothing like a, to lose. By, I think it's like a 38, maybe 38-20 game. I think we beat them. I think we cover. Maybe. Um, I think it's – I think they – I would be shocked if they got to 20. I think it's like a 38-17 game. 
like a, okay. I think we get out in front early and they score maybe a late touchdown late, but nothing crazy. I guess it. All right. The only thing I would say is if they get a t- if they start off quick, I think it's a close game. Yeah, I we'll think see. I it's, think it's one of those games, like it's like a USC style game where you know Georgia has the game the whole time, but mm-hmm. when you look at the box score, you're gonna be like, wow, it was a close matchup. When we, yeah. if you watch, look at time of possession, stuff like that. Yeah, it's um, should be a decent <laughs> one, but all right, we'll move on. All right, go on to so, the Florida State game now. Florida State game. Florida State is gonna be heading into the Carrier Dome to play Syracuse. At eight o'clock, I just checked. It is on ACC Network. It's Florida State is favored by. I let me double check that point spread. But last time I checked, it was seven points, which I think mm. is a little bit high for this game, just yeah. because Syracuse has been a pretty good team this year. But they are. There is a possibility their quarterback is hurt. Let me let me just double check. Uh, yeah, Florida what, State what, is favored. What's his name? Um, Trader. Yep, sure. So I was looking at heat. We're they're going back. He may or may not be hurt. He may or may not be hurt. The team isn't really saying much. Yeah, mm-hmm. Florida State is favored. I can't seven point favorite. Yeah, they're seven point favorite. The over under is fifty one. And what I think the keys to this game will be Sean Tucker, and can Florida State stop the run? Because yeah. Florida State is has the number one offense in the ACC by mm-hmm. points by passing, number one offense in the ACC, and they have the number three defense in the ACC. Yeah. They're the only other team in the ACC that has <laughs> the only other team in the ACC that has a top twenty offense and a top twenty defense. The other one being Clemson, which yeah. blew my mind that their offense is top twenty, but cupcake <laughs> games, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, if Florida State this year has not been able to stop the run very well, though. Mm-hmm. They don't give up a lot of passing yards, surprisingly. They don't turn the ball over a lot, but they, they give up running yards, like rushing yards. Yeah, I'm looking at the stats now. Mm-hmm. It's 211 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that was looking at allowing. They're, well, yeah. you're allowing 143. Yeah. But they're only allowing 165 passing yards a game. Yeah. Yeah, so the, and it's weird because their pass defense is kind mm-hmm. of much a – outside of like Akeem Dent is a bigger name on their passing uh, – on their like secondary. They don't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. Like they don't create turnovers. The only game where we've really turned the ball over several times was Miami. And yeah. they, were more, they were more giving the ball away than we were taking it from them. So my question will be is if Florida State – who has a pretty good front with Jared Verse leading it. If they can slow Sean Tucker out the gate, I think Florida State could win this game big. Because mm-hmm. Jordan Travis right now is the second-rate passer in the country. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because the team is 6-3, and three and he had a horrible game against us. He's not going to be in the Heisman conversation. He is in, he is in the, uh, the O'Brien Trophy and the Maxwell. Mm-hmm. He is... In that, but he's probably going to finish first team ACC quarterback because he mm-hmm. is playing that well this year. The only one he's going up against is Drake May, mm-hmm. and oh, Drake, Drake May, May sh- should be a Heisman. He should be the Heisman, to be honest. Yeah, like right He'll this be, second. I think you Ohio State bias, bro. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, 
yeah, unbelievable. I think Drake May might be a top overall pick in the draft whenever he's eligible. I agree. I, I he's, mean, he's that good. Six, he's six foot four. He's got a huge arm. He's mobile. He can, he's over four hundred yeah. rushing yards this year. That's he's, insane. I will say so. The only thing um, Syracuse has, they tend to play better on the at home. I will say. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any of the stats in front of me about that, but like, just from watching them this year, they when they get the team at when they get a team at home that is questionable, other than really Notre Dame this year, they've played them close or they've won outright. So like, I mean, that's the only thing. But I think, like you said, FSU is. I think they'll start off. I think they're gonna jump from the start early, and I think they will. That's been Florida State's biggest benefit is if they can get in a groove, mm-hmm. like offensively, it's it's a it's a machine. It's hard to stop. Like yeah, Jordan Travis is with the option. Jordan Travis is quick. He's mobile, and they got three running backs who are all averaging over seventy yards a game. That's why Georgia is always so dominant too, because mm-hmm. you can just just like FSU, if you can yep. punch him in the mouth early, and you can just start throwing haymakers at him. It's you're it's really. Hard to stop. You're, it's hard to stop, and you really don't know how to respond to it. So that's why this, it's always yeah. big that you can just – if you can start early just from this top, I mean, you pretty much have that game taken care of. I would say my key matchup, though, is going to be I want to see how jo- uh, wide receiver Johnny Wilson is. He mm-hmm. is probably the biggest mismatch against anybody in this country. Isn't he like six – how tall is he? Isn't six, he like seven. six, seven? Six, seven? He's six, seven wide receiver. That's like Darnell Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he plays like Mike Evans. That's his biggest. He plays like a Mike Evans, like four years ago, Mike Evans. Yeah. Where the only problem he has is the same problem Mike Evans had is a drop problem. So he mm. drops the ball a lot. Yeah. But when, like, if, if, if Florida State early on, if you watch, if they get some go routes running early, like a Second and three, right? Um, yeah. They're going to chuck the ball down to Pokey Wilson or Johnny Wilson. One mm-hmm. of those two guys, because I think it's a complete mismatch. The it is. athleticism Florida State has against Syracuse. So I'm going to go, my guess is going to be 38 Florida State to 17 Syracuse. That's my that's my prediction. I think they're going to have 300 rushing yards in this game. I think it's going to be a big Florida State win. I'll write that one down. 300 rushing yards. Yeah. Uh, alrighty. Um, let's move to some of the... Because we like to say on this podcast, since it is the Knolls and Dogs, we want to get our games out of the way first. The biggest headlines are, obviously. Yep. Um, obviously, sometimes, like earlier in the season, it's not going to be like that. It might be a quick little, like, hey, we're about to beat the shit out of one team. So. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Next week, I, next week, I believe we both play... We have uh, – no, we have Kentucky. We're at Kentucky next week. Okay. Well, we play Louisiana. So, so yeah. We play the Razor Cajuns at home. We're probably going to give them five seconds maybe on this show. By Billy Napier's alma mater, her former team. <laughs> They're not doing so great. One thing we can agree on this podcast is we do not like Florida. I hate them. I hate them. So we, we took care <laughs> of them. We took care of our – we did our business. Now can you guys do it? I think we will. We'll okay. be at home this year. We got them at home. We're gonna get them. We're gonna get a Florida team that, for the most part, still lacks a real identity and might be trying 
to get into a bowl game going in. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, we'll see. I think you guys will beat them though. Their defense yeah. is atrocious. They can't um, stop them. All right, so we'll go into the biggest matchups of the week now. We have uh, we listed about five the biggest ones, mm-hmm. um, but we'll start with noon kickoff in Fayetteville, Arkansas, is where the LSU, the seventh ranked LSU Tigers, will head down after probably one of the bigger wins, the biggest win in Brian Kelly's tenure. Uh, quick tenure, I think. I think in Ellis, I think in just general in his coaching, coaching wise, I don't think he's ever had a bigger win than that. I the only win I would say he might have above that is going to be his win against Clemson in two thousand twenty. But to be fair, Lawrence didn't play that game. Lawrence didn't play. Yeah, I agree. The only thing I would say is that might be bigger, but we'll see. But then they got. I think, but yeah, if you want to counter that, they played each other again in the ACC title game, and that was yeah, over yeah. before it started. So it made the playoffs um, still though. <laughs> They did. They did. <laughs> ACC had a good year. God, God bless Notre Dame. Anyway, uh, so LSU is going to Arkansas. It's a noon kickoff on ESPN. They are a three-point favorite right now. Um, the only issue is, and I don't see it, I don't know. Uh, do you see a letdown spot for LSU? I see the possibility. I see a scenario in which... LSU just can't get the ball rolling. They fall down early, and they can't get back up. Mm-hmm. But this Arkansas team has probably been – they just look like they can't catch a break. But and I mean, even like last was, week, Liberty? Like like that A&M game, I think it crushed the soul out of that this year's team. Like they got – might they, have. It, I just, really they, do think – Mm-hmm. They got. I think it, a lot of the guys on that team didn't quit. I wouldn't say they quit, but I would say they're not. They're not there anymore. I will like say they're not mentally mm-hmm. caring. I will say the only issues. I don't know from a caring standpoint, mm-hmm. um, but we don't really know. What K, KJ Jefferson's been hurt since like mm-hmm. the. I want to say like the. Alabama game where yeah. he went out late and then but like like even last week I've heard like some of the players in the locker room didn't know if he was playing or not even like right before game time so like we don't know the status of KJ Jefferson or what he's going to be up to yeah, I don't know how no effective he'll be there's no how you don't know how effective he'll be even if he does play um I know I know that's a tricky spot just for any team to go into Arkansas um, but I don't know. This LSU team, I think it's rolling. Jaden Daniels is playing really well, really good football right now. Um, they're buying in, I think, to what Brian Kelly wants to do here. Um, I think Brian Kelly is building a winning culture in Baton Rouge. I think and not like too. Not like mm-hmm. a Coach O where he just had a bunch of talent together where he was like, all right, let's get one guy who knows offense. I think it's more of a mm-hmm. – he is setting up the program to run the SEC West for the next five years. Mm-hmm. If he I can, if he can, if he can bring in the athletes on his class right now, they continue to roll. I think the way he coaches, it's just this is. He, think, he, he, yeah, because he'll be that. able to, he'll be able to get the 
guys out of he'll be able to control the state of Louisiana. Easily, he has yeah. Texas mm-hmm. next to him on the one side, and then he has Alabama, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. If he can get to Georgia, maybe, um, and anywhere else. I, I doubt Georgia, to be honest. I think his but... biggest weapon is right now is that he has Louisiana. He can if he can get Louisiana down on lockdown, and he can go trickle into Texas or to Texas. Yeah. Or he can steal some people from like A and M or Texas, especially I while A and M is down right now. Exactly, I think that's the big key right there. Um, if he can go in and take them all before maybe A and M turns things around, that'll be big. Yeah. Um, but I just think I think this team's rolling, um, mm-hmm. and I really don't. I think they'll win outright. I think they covered the spread. I may be a little close in the beginning. Just because you don't, you want to see how they respond early, especially after coming off a giant win like they had last week. But I very think very emotional they, win too. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I mean, Death Valley at night. What a what a sight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But I think, I do think Jalen, Jaden Daniels. I think Keishawn Butte has a big day because Arkansas's pass is not very good. I think Butte has a big day, and I think Harold Perkins and uh, B.J. Ojolari just. They wreck havoc like they have been. And crazy, Harold Perkins, I believe, is a freshman. Don't yes, he me. is. He was actually committed to A&M. He was committed to A&M and then – yeah, he was committed to A&M and then decommitted and mm-hmm. went to LSU. Like, I mean, if after, you watch the Kelly game – I mean, if you watch the game against Bama, he was giving Bryce Young nice. He's a freak. He's very He's good. And B.J. Ojolari. He's going to be – he'll be playing on Sundays. So and I think BJ Ojolari will too, just like his brother. Uh, proud Georgia yep. Bulldog Aziz. Um, <laughs> always have to tie it back together. Um, yeah, you do. But I think LSU wins outright. Would you? What do you think? Yeah, I do too. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, think it's close. Go ahead. I, I think this game is getting a lot of hype, just because this is an LSU team that nobody saw coming. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the season, there's a lot of people calling for Brian Kelly's head. You yeah, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think they're – yep, especially after the Florida State game. I think there is not a I, – I don't think this game is really even going to be all that close. I just think there's a lot mm-hmm. of people who are expecting LSU to let us down. That's what I think too. I think, I think that's – yeah. It would just be your such a, a prototypical letdown. It's a noon kickoff mm-hmm. at – Arkansas. I mean, just a perfect recipe. But I do think that they're playing with house money and knowing the fact that they can really – you can eliminate Bama from SEC West mm-hmm. contention with a win. And you can yep, put tonight. the or clamps tomorrow. on. And you can put the clamps on to Ole Miss if you win, just win out. So yeah. I think they will, which I think unless – are we done here with this one? Unless you have anything else to say about it? I really don't have anything else to say, but uh, go Tigers. <laughs> go Tigers. Which, speaking, <laughs> All of, right. speaking of Alabama Ole Miss, uh, which, which I just brought up, which would lead me right into this. 3.30 yep. on CBS, uh, where Gary Danielson and the great Brad Nessler will be calling the game. Bama yeah. and Ole Miss take the field. It's at Ole Miss. I believe Bama's getting 12 right now. Still a crazy number. Um, but my big question was from this game is how motivated do you think Bama's going to be? Because 
you can either get two sides to this. I think you can either get the because uh, keep in mind the key is LSU plays before them. So if LSU mm-hmm. wins and effectively eliminates Bama, yeah. are we going to get the Bama that says, "Oh, just the instant human reaction of, well, we can't do anything else. Season that's the season, guys." Or are we going to get a, let's just go out play the or play Bama style football and just dominate? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what my was my biggest key or question coming in. So I'm just to clarify. We get in this. Alabama is ranked number nine in the country, actually. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, Ole Miss is ranked 11. So this Ole is Miss nine versus 11. They should, but committee bias. If they, if if that cursive A was not on that uniform, they would probably be like 15 or 16. Now, let's well, be honest. With you. It's the same thing with Clemson. If you if they don't if they look what they did. Two, three years ago. No, that's not. They're not here anymore. It's what's happening now. Yep. Trevor Lawrence doesn't play for Clemson anymore. They don't. They shouldn't be ranked ten. Deshaun Watson's not there. Kelly Bryant's not there. Taj Boyd isn't. Those guys are gone. No. No. Mac Jones isn't there anymore. Devontae Smith's not there anymore. Tua Tagovailoa's not there anymore. Stop ranking them because of what they are biasly from Mm -hmm. a. Overall standpoint and what they did before last year. Yeah, go ahead. So what I would say for this matchup, the biggest thing to look after is Alabama has not been able to stop the run all year. That's been their biggest weakness is that they are mm-hmm. not a very physical Alabama team. Interior, now, in, especially in the yeah, interior. Interior, mm-hmm. they just and if you've watched Ole Miss this year, they can't run the ball well, or I mean they can't throw the ball well. But you know what they can do? They run the ball. They run the ball a lot. I think they um. Correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong. They have the best rushing attack in the SEC, possibly the nation. They so, do because they want to take the stress off of Jackson Dart. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So this could end up one of two ways. Either one, we get an all-time, you know, classic Nick Saban. Up, you know, they they come back after losing and they look great, right? Mm-hmm. Or we can get what I think the numbers would say is that Ole Miss is going to run all over Alabama. This is in Mississippi. This is in mm-hmm. – like this is this is a home game. This is going to be sold-out stadium. The student section is going to be rocking. Lane Kiffin's going to be talking. You know, it's, <laughs> it's going to be yep. – I, I think it's going to be a great game, but I think Ole Miss is going to win this game. Like I'm going to – I think they just match up really good against this year's Alabama squad. Yeah. I, I think if all, any year for Lane Kiffin to beat Nick Saban, this is the season for him. Write that one down too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> touching on what you said, I agree. The biggest key is can Ole Miss establish the run? Because if you look, if you go back just a couple weeks ago at when they were playing at LSU, mm-hmm. what was the reason why that game got out of hand? In the second they could not. They couldn't get a solid running game going. They couldn't get the run game they, going. They can't rely on Jackson Dart. He's not. I don't not think Matt he's Corral. a. Well, Sue, here's the thing, because he hasn't started a whole lot, so he's still kind of learning the learning how it is to run this offense. I think playing in the SEC. I think mm-hmm. the more he starts, the better, yeah. more experience he's going to get. I think he's not a bad quarterback. I think he's just he, young still. He's was he only like a sophomore? Yeah, he is. So he's still. I think young. he's technically. I think he's technically because of the COVID. I think he's a uh, no, no, not COVID. 
Because he, I don't think he started enough games at USC last year before he got hurt. I think he's technically still a redshirt freshman. Yeah, so he's still young. He's so really I think, young. Mm-hmm. So he's going to continue to grow, I think. Um, so I think he does good. I think he's going to be fine there. But I do believe if, if they can establish the run, they can take the stress off a of dart. They can only have him make the – you're still going to need to rely on him. He's still going to have to make some throws. But if yeah. they can take some of the stress off and just give it to the handed off, to Zach Evans and I forget their other guy. They're and they all can, good. If they they're can, ju- and, and they can establish the run because if you think about it, because Bama's D, like I said, interior their interior D is not good. They their corner now their ends are good. They have because you got Dallas Turner who plays that outside linebacker end spot, and then you got Will Anderson who's on the end spot. But as far as interior, they don't really do that. Now I don't. I haven't watched a whole lot of Ole Miss. I don't know. I'm not sure if they, I don't believe they're a big power football, like run it up the middle. I think they're more of a counter, spread you out. Well, I don't know, they, though. They've run a lot of looks. I Because wa- I watched the whole Georgia Tech game where they won 42 nothing because there was nothing better to do that day. Yeah. So they, with their running backs, they create like a lot of different looks. They like to constantly switch it up. They like to constantly change the way they have it, like they're, they're set up at the line. Mm-hmm. Now, with Zach Evans, they do run it up the middle a little bit, but I guarantee you with this, the game plan going into this is probably going to be we don't get the ball on the outside. If we can create holes in the middle, or we can run play, like, you know, play action, get some easy passes for Jackson Dart, get them comfortable so that they're completely off guard. They don't know what's coming. That's my guess is what they're going to be going with. They don't they don't run it up the middle of the lot though. You are right. They do like to run more counters. They like to hand it off the to the side. Yeah. I so there's that, and I think the other key will be Bama's receivers versus that Ole Miss secondary. Because let's because mm-hmm. you have Bama's receivers who have really honestly um, have been pretty much not good this year. Yeah. Um, they have been very disappointing. Um, I again because I haven't watched a whole lot of Ole Miss football, but I believe I've, from the few times Syracuse or not Syracuse, Ole Miss's secondary has been off. It's been it's kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing where it's like you're yeah. gonna get you might get one day you're gonna get like the Land Shark D and it's just yeah. gonna be locked down or it's be shut down. They can't, it's gonna be it's shut like down. Limit. Limit the big limit the big place, um, mm-hmm. or you're gonna get the uh, other version where it's it's you just better be ready to score some points. Yeah, they're gonna start going down the field. Um, so can they get pressure on Bryce Young? I don't know, but I don't think so. I really don't. which I is don't why know. if they if they can't, that's why it's gonna give it's gonna be key if these secondary can these guys can hold up in the back end because if you're not gonna mm-hmm. give if you're gonna give Bryce Young time, he's gonna eat you alive. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a big key. But if, again, if you can, but if you can establish the run, you can keep him off the field. Mm-hmm. Just move the clock, and then you can. But I think that'll be a big. I think that's going to be an interesting game. But again, I, I think it all does tie back to how motivated are they going to be? Because Ole Miss still has a shot to win the West. They just need LSU it's to flip an outside one. shot. It's an outside shot because they don't control their own destiny anymore. Now, if LSU. But- loses to A&M that last week and Ole yep. Miss wins out, they will clinch the West. Yes, they will. 
So they still have a shot. They still have a bunch to play for. They, it's like this is a big time game because they realistically have to win this game. Because if they don't you know, win, if they don't win, they're really setting themselves back another game against LSU. Because LSU already owns the tiebreaker over both of them. So mm-hmm. this is a big game, I think, for both teams. Um, and I think Lane Kiffin has probably let his team know that we still have a chance at the playoff, guys. Like yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not guaranteed to us, but. If mm-hmm. we win out and LSU loses a game, we go to this SEC championship. We pull off a miracle against Georgia. We're going to the national. We're like we're going to the playoff, guys. Yeah, and I think he'll have his as a one loss team. One loss SEC champ is going to the playoffs. Yeah. Now, I understand. There's the you know the conversation is is a two loss SEC champ is that kind of like pushing the boundary of what is allowed? But like a one loss, like Ole Miss is a surefire. That's a guaranteed. So again, yeah, that's a, like a top. That's probably a top two spot in the playoff too. And if Ole Miss wins, that means Georgia's going to get in right after. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah. Georgia, I'm telling you right now, and we'll talk about this more in our playoff ranking show. Yeah. Um, the worst thing for some of these outside teams is that Georgia loses in the SEC title game because they're going to win out. Yeah. More than likely, they're going to more than likely win out. If but if they mm-hmm. slip up. You know they're going to get a spot because their resume is better than everyone else's. Because when you beat the shit out of both top ten teams, like the way they did, you know they're going to get in. So you're already taking up two spots. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Think, if you're if you're a fan of uh, Tennessee, TCU, or any of the Pac-12 schools, you are hoping Georgia wins out. That's your best yes. bet at a playoff spot. Is not only you yep. winning out. But you need Georgia to win out so they can hold down that number one spot so there's not confusion at the end of the playoff rankings because that's an yep. easy spot for you to get. Yeah. Correct. All right. Uh, give me so one. Let's move on. We are oh. going to move on. I have to go get my yep. charger, though, because my computer's out today. Maybe one All good. second. Awesome. Keep them entertained. All right. I'm just going to go over some little stuff. So we're going to start with Texas versus TCU. It's game day weekend there. College football games day is going to be there. So it's in Austin, right in the middle of Texas. We are, we're not going or anything like that, but this game is going to have huge implications for the Big 12 title race. Not only that, but the playoff. Because an undefeated TCU is, is something I don't know if the playoff wants it. But it's, it could happen. Like this is a legitimate conversation that a TCU team, that with the first year head coach, with the start of the season unranked, no aspirations to even, they were probably hoping to make a bowl game in the first year of the new head coach, is looking at a, not only a Big Twelve conference title, but the possibility of entering themselves into the discussion for making the college football playoff in the first year of their new head coach, is probably. The best first year run by a head coach we may have ever have seen in this sport, to be quite honest. Now, our now, what TCU is is a Cinderella story. Are you back, Hunter? <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. Just one second. What I should have done a long time ago was. Put some light on there. So yeah, All right, so I, just, I was just giving them the basic rundown on the TCU Texas matchup, but I think the biggest thing I was saying is this is a Cinderella TCU story. 
This is a first-year head coach. It's a first-year head coach. By the way, done a great job, too. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. And they came into the season probably hoping to make a bowl game. That was probably Mm -hmm. what inside of the program. I don't know what kind of expectations for this. I guarantee within the team, every team goes into the season where we are this team, where this is our year. Mm -hmm. But from what I've seen the fan base, the expectation was this is a first-year head coach. Let's give him time. Yeah. Let's give him time. Now he's three games away from possibly the best ever season by a first-year head coach at a Power 5 program. Possibly. Just quite – I mean – that I don't think mm-hmm. there's ever been a Power 5 head coach in their first season to take an undefeated roster into the national championship conversation. I New Year's Six Bowl not. is not that. I mean, that ha- it's happened a couple times. But national championship aspirations in the first year is insane. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if they win but the, I mean, if they win one more game, they're going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. So Yeah, they're going to a New Year's Six Bowl in the first year, their new head coach. They yep. went out. You're, you're you're going to the first ever time the TCU's gone to the playoffs when they were, you know, they barely missed they out got, in 2014. They got, and they got screwed because of it. They got screwed by Ohio State. but Well, only because if they would have got in, because they remember they were ranked third, but they would have got yep. in, but they, there was no Big 12 title game at the time. Yep. So, so Baylor and TCU with the same record champs. finished. Yep. Five and six. Co-champs. <laughs> and that kicked them out. So, and then I... When then the year Ohio State didn't they beat like Wisconsin by like fifty nine or something in the Big Twelve title or Big Ten title game or something stupid like that? What was it? Was it twenty sixteen? The year that they didn't win the Big Ten. Ohio State lost like they lost mm. to Penn State. They don't win the Big Ten because Penn State goes to the championship. But they went Penn to the playoff and got like Penn State won yeah. the Big Twelve, Big Ten, and still didn't get in. Big Ten. Yep. But Ohio State got in the playoffs. Yeah. Tell me how that adds up. I'll wait. It's, it's blue blood bias, but we'll move on from that. 100%. So the keys for this game for me is going to be with Texas. That's where I think this game lies on is mm-hmm. what can Texas do to stop TCU. Now, Texas has a couple advantages. The biggest advantage Texas has is someone standing on the sideline named Gary Patterson, who was the head coach of this program last year, who uh, around – I think almost every single starter on the roster was brought to the team by Gary Patterson, who he mm-hmm. coached, who he knows how they play. Yep. So I think that's why people are confused on why Texas is seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to go with it's that. It's a home game for Texas, and Texas has a massive talent advantage. Now, um... I personally think I think TCU is going to win this game. I think TCU okay. is motivated for this. Texas is dealing with... I think there's part of that program that doesn't fully trust Sark yet just because he's he can't coach in the yeah. second half of these games. Yeah. And this yeah, TCU's biggest advantage is – Yeah, he, he falls apart in the fourth quarter, and TCU's biggest advantage is the fact that they dominate the second half of games. So if, if Texas doesn't have a lights-out game from Quinn Ewers and Gary mm-hmm. Patterson doesn't have a – game plan that doesn't shut down TCU's offense. I think TCU wins this game close, but I think they win it. I think the biggest key is 
TCU cannot fall behind like they have been. Yeah. They can't. I don't think they're going to – it's a hostile environment. I don't care. And they're not going to be able – I don't think – Bijan Robinson will run all over them. So I think – I do think that uh, TCU – you hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can hear <laughs> um, One second. <laughs> it's all good. We're going to move. Somewhere else. We're gonna go field trip guy. Okay. We're gonna see we're gonna see Hunter's place right now. I think you're muted. Okay, there you go. As I was saying, <laughs> biggest takeaway from this game, if TCU falls behind, they will not win this game. If you cannot fall behind by f- double digits and expect to win this game, I don't care. Quinn Ewers is good enough to run that offense, and let's be honest, TCU's defense is not very good. They're not very yeah. good. So... If you want to, if you're going to test that game again, BJ Bijan Robinson will run for 200 yards and milk, turn little drives into six to seven minute drives and just eat your, yeah. eat your butt until you get, till you're looking up and it's fourth start of the fourth quarter and you're down by 14, 17 and you're like oh shit before you even know it exactly before you even know it it's. I mean, yeah. I don't know why so, they start so slow. I couldn't tell you, but for some reason they turn it on. Just they like they fall. They're asleep at the start of the game, but then they wake up and they're like, oh shit! I, I really, up. I don't, I don't understand it either. And even last week against. If 10. I'm gonna be honest with you, I mean, if I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't love TCU's the way they've played. I don't think this is a real playoff team. So if I'm gonna be Quite yeah. frank with you, I, I think this is this is like a Cincinnati last year where, sure, they won their conference. They went undefeated. You got to let them do it because they've done everything they needed to. Just let them get blown out by number one who move on. It's That's, a free pass, but yeah, number one has won every single year in the playoff except for the first year. Yeah. Oh, that was the Nebama Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Go ahead. My my what I would say is that with Texas you got Quinniers, who mm-hmm. one of the most talented quarterbacks in college football. He can throw it everywhere, he can throw it but he's still young. And he is. He, if there's one game if, yeah. If there's one game where TCU's defense might 
be motivated, it's Texas. That's a game that I think any putting the Big 12, that's the game they get motivated for. It doesn't matter how bad Texas is. That's the, that's the game on the season. You circle that game for your Big 12 team. We're playing Texas this week. Mm-hmm. I do think... So um, if I'm... Go ahead. I think this game is going to be really close. It's like a coin flip for me at this point. Just because I think TCU is really motivated. They want to go to the playoff. They really want to do this. But I think Texas is a better team. Like I, I think Texas really is a better team. I believe. I think the biggest. I think having the game at Texas for tech for like Quinn Ewers especially is ginormous mm-hmm. because you're able to now you you can feed off that home environment. And I don't know, but um, I think just having the game there because let's be honest. I mean, TCU's had their games, their big games. Most of them have been at home. And those have been the games that they've had to come back on. Like Kansas State, down 18 yep. at some point. Texas Tech, they were down, I want to say it was like 13, maybe? Just yeah. Now also, TCU does, a little quick note here, TCU has, does have a tendency to knock your quarterback out of the game. They did it last and week. And this guy has gotten hurt before. Mm-hmm. Let's not. Let's, Quinn Ewers has he does have a shoulder that has been injured already this season. Exactly. So, so, I mean, if you can knock their quarterback out, but then again, you could just hand the ball to B. John Robinson, and it'd be done from there. But that's what they did against Bama, and it just like Sark just doesn't know what he's doing sometimes. It feels like. But I think you'll have better success like, against TCU than you will Bama. Bama's still gonna. Oh, I agree. Limit you. As far as points, but scored, I think it's so. just if if TCU can can knock uh, Sark off of what his original game plan is, I okay. think you immediately got to think, okay, this is going to be bad for Texas because it does not seem like they make adjustments at all. Yeah, like they don't. Like if they're making adjustments, well, we're not seeing them because every single time in the second half they look flat, they look lost, and then the fourth quarter they let it run away from them. Yeah. I will think I do think this game's a shootout though. I do believe it's a shootout. Yeah. Max Duggan mm-hmm. is another Heisman final Heisman candidate candidate that should be getting a little bit more love than I think he is. Yep. Um so I think I mean he's throwing the ball really well right now. And I forget their their uh, first year in the system too. I know. Mm-hmm. That's why Sonny Dykes has done one hell of a job. Um I, know. I, I forget their wide receiver. What's his name? It's um, Quintez Johnson. I'm saying, yeah, he's, like a, he's mocked for the first round. Yeah. 6'4", 215. I mean, he has – I mean, I'm looking at his numbers now. He has 42 receptions for 650 yards of four touchdowns. Um, he's a good player. <laughs> he's very good. Um. But um, I'm looking at the yards allowed. They've rushing the yards allowed. Both of them are pretty much the same. That's why I think this is going to be a shootout. And the over unders at 65. Yeah. I think the over hits. Um, but I mean, both both offenses are averaging over 440 yards a game. They're averaging over 35 points a game. And they're allowing each of them are allowing over little over 20. So. I think this is going to be a good game. That spread is really big, though. It looks like most of the money is going towards Texas, though. It's seven and a half. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go to Texas here. You're gonna Texas change your mind? I was thinking TC. I was thinking TCU at first, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, okay. I think Texas is a better offense. Yeah. Even even with Max Duggan at TCU, I think when you have Bijan Robinson, who you know Quinn Ewers can rely on if he's like. If he is struggling in the passing game, he does have an elite running back he can rely on. Mm-hmm. I think a home game. It's this is it's a letdown game for TCU too. Like, you know what I mean? Well, they like, still this have is a Baylor spot where. Up. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. But if they lose this game, their season's done. They're not going to the playoff with the loss. No, they There's might no... make the. They might make the Big Twelve title. I haven't looked at the standings yet, but I know they, they just... would. But. If they not somehow, if I mean, if Texas somehow got back to the Big Twelve title game and they avenged their loss, mm-hmm. maybe, because your one loss, you would have, you just avenged it. But, um, but they'd be fighting. Know, they'd be lot. fighting. What they would be fighting against, though, in that scenario, would be a Tennessee team with possibly one loss, a Pac-12 champ with yeah. one loss. Mm-hmm. And I think the Pac-12 champ is going to look better than TCU does. So that's Agree there. Yeah. Agreed. So let's move on so we don't stay too much time. True. All right. Um, um, so, yeah. Oh, the so, fun game. This is the funnest game of the week to me. I, I would 100% agree. So we have UCF <laughs> and Tulane. Folks, don't look now, but both teams are ranked in the American Conference. Um, this, and this the nice. winner, what makes this game so intriguing? This is probably the biggest game at Tulane in a while. I think almost ever. This is the Maybe. biggest game since they in the SEC, probably. Pop, possibly. I remember they were supposed to have Oklahoma there, I think, last year. But there uh, was but they, storm. they almost beat Oklahoma, though. Remember, they almost beat them. They did almost last year. Yep. So, who knows? But this is about as close to a toss-up as you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, Tulane comes in, ranked 17th in the country. UCF, 22 in the country. This is college football mm-hmm. playoff rankings we're using. Um, this is the only ones that matter at this point. It's, the AP is only – it only matters if your team is ranked in the AP and not the playoff. Exactly. Like so, that's the only reason to use the AP still. Exactly. So it's at Tulane. Tulane is a mm-hmm. one-point favorite now. The line yep. just went down to one from one-and-a-half to one. Uh, Over-under is 54-and-a-half. It looks like most of the money is going towards Tulane minus one-and-a-half at 71%. Yep. This – the biggest thing about this game is – the winner gets the inside track to the SC, the um, New Year's Six game, yep, which is always a big thing, especially for these conferences that are the outside the group of five. Um, but I, I mean, you get to the inside track to win the title, your conference tournament. But the big thing is the SC, the New Year's Six game. But also, if you think about it, so a couple of years from now, when they go to 12, 12 teams. The winner, the whatever, the winner or the highest ranked group of five is the five seed. Yep. Or maybe it's the five. Or just makes it in general. I don't think they're the five. I think they're just the overall. They I think they just it. make it. They make it, but mm-hmm. the rankings will be more friendly to them. Yes. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, UCF this wouldn't matter because UCF would be in the Big Twelve. Yeah. They're yeah. next year, right? Next think, year, yes. yes. They'll be in the Big 12 with Texas. I think by they the play way, Texas I, the first year. By the way, I think UCF 
would be. I think they're going to be able to contend in that conference. I do too. I think they're going to walk in and probably be the I don't second best, if not the. I think they can win it within the first three years. I don't know if they'll win it, but I think they will be able to contend. I think they'll be a upper middle tier, like a three or fourth team. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, I think they might because some of the because remember. Oklahoma and Texas are going to be gone in a couple years, yeah. another year or two. So really, gonna... yeah. So, so after next they're year, only going to play with them for a season. Yeah. So I think you're going to look at a spot where a UCF team that and there's getting they're getting a bunch of teams that are also coming with them that they've beaten. So yeah. I don't think they'll have too much of a trouble transitioning. Maybe travel wise, but West Virginia does the same thing. I mean, West Virginia does it in. UCF was already going up to Cincinnati, Ohio, Rice. Houston. You know, they were doing – the only mm-hmm. game that's really going to be far away now was going to be them going to what, Baylor? Which – BYU, it'll be now. I forgot about BYU. That's going to be – that's a tough Florida to they beat. They beat BYU, I think, earlier this year. I want to say. Maybe they didn't. Was it last year? No, they never went to play BYU. I apologize. No. Um, it's 2020. You're thinking 2020. There you go. BYU beat yeah. uh, UCF. Because yeah. if we look at the standings, I just want to see. Maybe we can find the standings. Um, it's supposed to be sunny there, 71. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, UCF comes in 7-2, and two, ranked 4-1. and one. They are in second place. So right now the season ended. These two teams will play again, but it would be at Tulane. Um, Tulane comes in 5-0, and 8-1 oh, and one record, and... They are 5-0 and in conference. So, um, I mean, obviously the winner of this is going to get the inside track to the year six. Yep. winner of this is going to get the inside track of hosting the conference title game because, remember, mm-hmm. in the AC, they don't have a venue. They just play the high, the, number, the top-ranked person. So that's really big, obviously. Um, and usually every once in a while you get some decent games. So I want to see how this game is because you possibly we might be seeing it again real soon. Um Although, watch out, Cincinnati, big game tonight. They're 4-1 as well. So if they win and UCF loses, they're going to pass it. UCF does have a tiebreaker over them, though. But they're going to have a – but Cincinnati's going to have a better conference record, too. That will be true, but that'll only be Cincinnati's that tiebreaker isn't over yet. Tie, UCF realistically needs Cincinnati to lose. So, But that tiebreaker will come in if they have the same conference record. But if they they won't, since he wins tonight and UCF loses. UCF um, does have an easy schedule going forward. After they play Tulane, if they beat Tulane, they play Navy and then USF. So they quite possibly have one of the easiest schedules in the country to finish the year because they have a triple option service academy school. And then they have the the USF, which is easily one of the worst teams in the country right now. They just fired their coach, too. If there's one key to this game, it's I wanted. To, I'm just. It's not even a key. It's just a question. Is both teams come in on offensively, averaging about 30 points a game. Yep. Defensively, though, they're only they're both defense. Both defenses are only allowing under 20 points a game. So I want to see maybe if there's one team that gives, or is it just going to be a shootout, or it's going to be a low scoring game. Um. So yeah, but I mean that's all I really have on that game. So well, I'm going to make my pick here. I'm going to tell you. I know we've already talked about it. We disagree on this. I think UCF wins this game. I and think, I think Tulane wins the game. 
Yep. But the reason I think UCF wins this game is I think they do have a better, more experienced head coach in this exact position in Gus Malzahn, yeah. who has put his team in positions to win road mm-hmm. top 25 matchups year in, year out at Auburn. They have a good quarterback in John Rise Pumley, and then their backup, Mikey Keene, he's serviceable. He can win games. He's won on the road. He beat Florida yeah. in the Gasparilla Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. I think UCF is just built for this. I think they're a bigger, tougher team. And I just I like UCF in this game. I think they're the best mm-hmm. team in the American. I think they win the American this year. They're last year in the conference. I know the mm-hmm. American probably is going to hate that, but this yeah. is yeah. Mm-hmm. All righty, uh, we'll we'll just touch on this. It's a key game um, for some, but we'll just kind of touch on it briefly. Uh, Purdue, Illinois. Illinois is a home favorite. Mm-hmm. They are getting five, seven points on the at home against Purdue. Basically, the big thing about this is Illinois wins this weekend. They can put a stranglehold on the Big Ten West, yep. especially because they got Michigan coming up next week. So they can put a clamp on that Big Ten West because they have the tiebreaker over Wisconsin. They'll have the tiebreaker over Purdue. Purdue's in third right now. Yep. Um, so really that's going to be it. Um, also, if can Aiden O'Connell do anything with this uh, Illinois defense, which is statistically, I believe, still ranked the best in the nation mm-hmm. by scoring defense. Um, because we've seen this year, Aiden O'Connell does tend to struggle against defenses that are somewhat capable of stopping. Um, or And also, can Illinois, if Purdue is having success, can Illinois respond? Because I know like a couple times this year they've had trouble getting the passing game going because they, they Chase Brown hasn't been able to get it going on the ground. But I think that's really the biggest thing, if you had anything about it. I think Illinois does win, though. I think it's a well, little bit I agree with you. I think Illinois is going to win this game. I found out right this second this is a rivalry, which is why I hate the Big Ten right there. There's um, too many rivalries in the Big Ten. They make no sense either. Like, you know what I mean? It's like Illinois-Purdue, what? I There's will a trophy say, too, I guess. I will say last week I think that was the letdown spot from Illinois because mm-hmm. they, they were just rolling. Yep. Um, but, I mean, they were at home, Michigan State. They were like a 16-and-a-half-point favorite, and they just – Lost outright, so ridiculous line. I'm going to be honest with you. That line was way too. No way that should have been that high. But um, Illinois is good. Illinois is good in like a. They're not going to score that many points. Unless they're they're going to win. They're they're like a a ranked 15 to 20 team. You know what I mean? That's who they are. They're 21st right now. It's respectable. They'll they'll go to like the Gator Bowl or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's not a bad year for them. Although I will say a great job by uh, Brett Bielema. Yeah, turning this program around because they are pretty much a this win away, maybe another one. I don't know the standing situation from going to Indy to getting become the sacrificial lamb to Ohio State or Michigan. Yeah, so you know, but well, I think that's all I had on this game. Um, if you had anything else, final thoughts about it, we'll move on. Illinois is going to win this. Only thing I have to say is it's crazy what Brett Billum has done there. He mm-hmm. turned probably the biggest laughing stock in the Big Ten into. The um the Big Ten West champion probably. Well, their friends it doesn't North. really mean anything. Mm-hmm. Northwestern. Well, Northwestern now. They won the they won the West in twenty twenty though. That's true. So put that one to perspective. Alrighty, so at this point now we've covered the top matchups of the week. Mm-hmm. So now we're each going to go through quickly, just go over um, some of our 
intriguing matchups just pers personally. So uh, I don't know. Do you want to just roll, take turns to go any over each one, or do you just want to have me go through mine and then go through yours? I'll just uh, you go through yours. I'll just add a couple of details if anything interesting sure. pops up to say about any of those matchups. Okay. So first game is Missouri Tennessee. Tennessee coming off the big loss. I mean, a ass whooping of a loss yeah. this weekend. Score does not dictate how bad they were just outplayed against Georgia. So they're coming in as a 20-and-a-half-point favorite against a pesky Missouri team that, quite frankly, does have, does have a good job at slowing your offense down. Um, but I want to see how they respond. It's a, supposed to be a wet and rainy day in Knoxville, ironically. Um, so I want to see how they respond. If being up so high... Do you does the mountain just does it completely avalanche and snowball over, or do they kind of regroup? Um, they should win this game handily, but I want to see if just it's a noon kickoff too. Um, so we'll see there. Liver, I don't know if you had anything. Only thing I have to say is that Missouri is a sneaky tough SEC East program where they have no business Tell being about in it. games that they yeah they have no business being Tell in me games about it. that they mm -hmm. somehow compete in. I. I know they should, Tennessee should roll, but I guarantee you this is going to be a three-point game in the fourth quarter. That's all I have to say. Okay. Move on. All right, another hot take right there. Um, okay. Liberty at UConn. The only reason why I have this, Liberty, 8-1. and one. Um, Again, actually, you know what? As a matter of fact, I want to see. I think they're ranked. I was about to say, are they? if they're ranked, I think they're, like they're ranked. Let me see. 19. Pulled up 19, but that might be the, um... AP? Yeah. I don't think they're ranked on the college football playoff. It just keeps pulling up at 19 for me whenever I check in. Let me see. No, they're not ranked. Well, in the AP, they're ranked 19. Okay. So, so that's why you use but, the AP. Yeah. Um, so they have... They're at UConn this week, and the only reason why I have this, UConn is a win away from becoming bowl eligible under Jim Mora's first year as head coach there. So, first of all, kudos to UConn yeah. for having a better record than Florida. Um, <laughs> we want to you know, kudos to Jim Mora. That guy. I'll go ahead. Kudos to Jim Mora. Kudos to Jim Mora. Kudos to Jim Mora. He's done a good job. He's done a good job with the uh, school that, quite frankly, has never done anything in the entire history of its program. At least in a decade. They haven't been relevant since the Big East. They haven't been relevant since they tried to make a rivalry with UCF. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I would not be surprised if UConn covers. They're a 14-point underdog right now. It's at it's in UConn. So, but if they win, they go bowling. So, that's the only reason why I have that on there. Um, the third game, um, which could have been a top matchup, mm. Washington at Oregon. A top. These are two ranked opponents. I think this is more of a Washington being ranked to help booster the other resumes. Because um, I mean, I haven't really seen a whole lot from Washington to There's say like, hey, two. they're. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Oregon. Definitely the worst. The biggest, my biggest thing is, can Bo Nix in this offense for Oregon 
just keep it rolling. And it helps again. They're at Austin. I believe it's a 3.30 or a Saturday night game on Fox. Or It's not, it's seven not the after dark game at all. No, it's a seven o'clock. It's a seven o'clock game on Fox. So it's at it's at Oregon. They're getting twelve and a half, and I think they will beat Washington by two and a half scores. This is also, to me, a spot where Oregon could let down because this is a rivalry. I, this is. Go ahead. I think this is more or less considered. I think Oregon would probably Oregon and Washington probably would both consider this their biggest non-in-state rival, the game they care about most. I think Stanford is more of a rival with Oregon. Really? I, think, I, I don't, when I was when I was watching the game day when they went up to Eugene for the UCLA game, they were all saying Washington was the team they hate. Maybe. So man, border rivals. That's the only thing I say. That's the only thing I say is maybe if Washington can put that like rivalry energy into a matchup against Oregon, let Oregon down, end their chances in the playoffs before it even started, and ruin the Pac-12's chances. Not impossible. That's all I'm going to say. I still think I, Oregon's going to win. But. I think Oregon's going to win knowing that they, A, it's at Austin. I think it's the big thing. Because yeah. you saw what they happened at UCLA. Mm-hmm. When UCLA came in, they didn't know what to do with themselves. Uh, yeah. But I think Oregon being at six. Knowing that the loss that they took was by 46, they have knowing that they realistically, if they want to get in, they have to kind of effectively just beat teams to death. You know what yeah. I mean? Like blow them out. You have to have an effective wins, like just statement wins going forward. So I think knowing this, especially since it's ranked, they're going to come out guns blazing. I think this is a, I think this game might be over by the, I think it's a, it could be a three and a half score game by the start of the fourth. I do I think. See. So, but we'll see. Um, I think Washington maybe keeps it close the midway through the third, and then I think Oregon does maybe pull away. But um, yeah. I think they will cover, though, I would think. I agree with you. Take the points. I do agree with you. All right, and finally, just a quick thing, UCLA-Arizona. I think UCLA might be a little snooze game. Um, it's an after-dark game, after dark game, and they, they got USC next week, and that could be like a big time. That might be the game day week game day uh, spot next week. So that's my only thing on that. I mean, DTR, they should cover their double-digit double digit favorites, but um, they're getting uh, 20 right now. No. I think Arizona covers, but I do think UCLA wins. I think, I think it's a closer so, game, though. I think UCLA kills Arizona tomorrow. Okay. Only because when people say after dark, I think they kind of forget that that's it's 7 like o'clock, eight o'clock on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah, that's like – that's. That's like a regular night game here. Yeah. So it's not that big of a deal to them. Mm-hmm. And I think – because I think Chip Kelly has finally gotten this team to that point where it's like we know we can compete. Mm-hmm. Like for about – for it's like 10 years, UCLA has been stuck at that point where they're like we're good but we can't compete or we're bad and we're just bad, bad. But I think yeah. he's finally got them to that point where they're like well, not only are we trying to compete for the Big Ten – or not the Big Ten, the Pac-12, eventually the Big Ten. But mm-hmm. we want to go to the Rose Bowl. Yep. Like, I, I know the playoff is – but I don't think this team is ready for the playoff yet. Well, they just want to play at home. Yeah, no, get, get a chance to go to the Rose Bowl where they'll actually have fans. <laughs> well, it'll be the home – it'll just head to the home locker room. <laughs> yeah. You, so, know, you, get to stay, you get to 
You get to stay home. You get those cool pictures at night. Mm-hmm. I, I think UCLA rolls. I think UCLA I think, rolls big. I just, I just worry maybe possibly about a look, look ahead, but I think they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we'll head to your games now. All right, so my games, I didn't decide to go up with the biggest matchups per se for this week, just the ones that I thought were most interesting. So uh-huh. I'll start out with uh, Appalachian State and Marshall. Marshall specifically because they're celebrating the anniversary of the plane crash in 1970. They're uh-huh. wearing new helmets. I think you can check them out online where the um, down, the stripe down the center of the helmet is all the names of everybody who uh, passed away in the accident. I think it's really amazing. Uh, Marshall is one-point favorites last time I saw. I think Marshall wins this game. You know, big emotion, celebration. App State... Uh-huh. It, it, since they since they got the game day visit, they have done nothing but disappoint everybody. Even then, took a hail mary. The hail mary was crazy, but mm-hmm. Boone has been sad for a couple weeks now, man. Well, because they drank it themselves sucks to death. Yeah, they did. But that's all I have to really say about that one. Is I think Marshall's going to win. I think that's. It's just. I thought the uniforms were really cool, and it's a really interesting that they're celebrating this. Uh, no, the. Seven so so many years since the accident. Any thoughts on this one? Um, not really. I mean, I think it's gonna be. I think it'll be a close game because mm-hmm. why not? I I um I probably Marshall will win. I think it's a close game throughout. Um, but I think that's all I got. So yeah, not not exactly the biggest matchup. But I, I mean, I'm not gonna be watching it personally. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's on ESPN Plus, man. I don't think you so, can watch it. <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm not gonna be watching it per se, mm-hmm. um, but uh, maybe they're the fans. Game again? So yeah, I got right. UNC and yeah, I got UNC and Wake Forest playing. Mm-hmm. It's the reason I picked this one is because this is gonna be this is more or less UNC's biggest test. Yeah, they really haven't played a lot of good teams. No. Look at their schedule. I think their strength well, of schedule is around like fifty to sixty. They're so, they're USC at the ACC. Yeah, a lot of yeah, they really are. They now, can't cover. They can't cover a spread. They put a bunch of points on the board, and they can't stop you. I will say their defense has played better recently, but in the second half. So, what I'll say about UNC is, to me personally, mm-hmm. I think they have the best quarterback in the country right now. I, I think Drake May should be the Heisman favorite. The way he's playing football is at a level that nobody else really is. At, like if you look at his numbers compared to CJ Stroud, he beats him in every single statistical category. The yep. only thing CJ Stroud has over him is the fact that he has one more win. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think I think UNC is going to win this game, yeah. and I think UNC is going to go into their matchup with Clemson. I think they beat Clemson. Loss. It's going to be one loss versus one loss. I think they I would, can too. I, would, I, I, think, I think they'll win. Is, I think this team is near a six bound. Personally, I think this team is going to go to the New York Six. I think they will. I think Mac Brown has done a great job since he's come back to UNC. That mm-hmm. it was an out of the box hire when they brought him in. You know, you're bringing in eighty year old head coach who got more or less kicked out for getting too old at his last job, and yeah. he's suddenly been able to recruit at a high level at North Carolina. He's been able to really bring a good culture of winning, and I think it's impressive. And I think UNC wins. I think. I don't think they cover because they can't physically. I think the over hits in that game. I would yeah, that's I make, sure. unless what in what's been plaguing Wake Forest the last couple of weeks now, which 
which is buried turnovers. their own grave. Turnovers have been a huge yeah. killer. So if they can turn limit the turnovers, I think it's going to be a shootout. I mean, you might be looking at a 45-40 game. Yeah. Something crazy like that. 100%. Mm-hmm. So next game I had up was FAU versus FIU, which is, in my opinion, the strangest rivalry in this country. Because not only are these teams newer, but this is going to be the last time they probably play each other ever. Mm-hmm. For the fact that FAU is moving up to the American, and FIU's football program not only is probably the biggest loser program in the country, just they don't win anything, they haven't well, won Colorado anything. State. Well, even then, FIU's last head coach said that the school was trying to, like, ruin the team. Like, they're not paying for uniforms. Like, they're using used pads from Mississippi State. Like, there's a legitimate chance that FIU does not have a football program in five years. So, when I look at this game, and I'm like, because these programs start at the t- same time. They're within 50 miles from each other, from, you know, Boca to Miami, right? That... Mm-hmm. For the last time, a rivalry that hasn't meant anything to this country has played and that FAU has dominated, it's just interesting to look at to me. That a matchup that you're like, what happened? Like, four years ago, FIU beat Miami at home. Mm-hmm. A couple years later, we're looking at the possibility that there's no longer football played at FIU. I, Their biggest rivals are past them. I just think it's an interesting matchup. I think FAU obviously wins. If they don't win, Willie Taggart's gone. But I mean, I know I don't have anything on this game. Um, I just know that FAU it seems to always be like it's like Groundhog's Day for them, where it's just like yeah. they can't. They just seem to be running in circles. Like they, they don't. There's no improvement. There's no not. There's no like decline. It's just they stay where they are. They know their role. That's where they are. Yeah. So the last game I had to talk about was one that I think everybody in the country is quietly watching and not wanting to say out loud. Texas A&M versus Auburn. I'll be watching. I'll be watching Mm -hmm. too. If Texas A&M loses again, Mm -hmm. they miss a bowl game this year. In year five, there's Jimbo Fisher. 95 million. And they'd be losing to Cadillac Williams. As the head coach of the Auburn Tigers. Yep. Now, Mike, my, my question for you. My question for you. Okay. How bad can things get in College Station? They've, they've lost uh, recruits already. They have. They've, they've had members suspend- of their... They've, had, they've been, they've been they've suspending a bunch of their players. They yeah. don't have... It's the flu still outbreak down there? Uh, the, what, I don't even know if there was actually a flu. Let's be, let's be quite frank here. I think there was. was. There a flu? I think there was because half were some guys also sus- quietly suspended also. Well, they were down. Well, then I didn't know that. Well, then if they're doing that, they're suspending what? I think there was 21 guys out. I think so, so too. I think there was definitely a sickness going around, but I think. I think there was a I flu. think they were quietly. They, I think they quietly dropped more guys than um, were sick. I don't know. Because I think you can't buy them out. I don't think. Can you? I don't think you can right now. I think you have to let ride another year or two. I mean, because these guys are young, so you maybe want to see. I think the biggest thing is they have to um, 
I think Jimbo has to find look at himself in the mirror and say, like, mm-hmm. hey, my play calling style isn't working. Maybe it's time that I go out and find a, somebody to somebody fresh with new ideas to call the plays instead of me. Mm-hmm. Give off the reins of that. Um, but um, yeah, I, that's all I have. I, I don't think counter that. Yeah. Only thing I'd say to counter that is the fact that mm-hmm. Jimbo Fisher is an offensive coach, right? That's what he came up as. He came up as an offensive coordinator under Nick Saban, under Bobby Bowden. He has never not called the plays. Mm-hmm. He isn't you know what I mean? And quite frankly, does Texas A and M they can't tell him you need an offensive coordinator because he's gonna be like kick rocks. Yep. You know, you know, they uh, they have to either because they can't put their foot down because their athletic director, who's not the guy who hired him, by the way, yeah, for some reason caved in and gave him ninety five million dollar extension because he was mm-hmm. afraid that his coach was going to run off to Louisiana State. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, was never going to buy out Jimbo Fisher. Mm-hmm. Nobody can buy out mm-hmm. that that coach. And who wants to buy him out? He hasn't won anything at Texas A and M. His biggest achievement is winning the Orange Bowl. And that was a COVID year. Yep. That was a COVID year against a UNC team that had like four guys opt out, like on their wide receivers. Uh, I mean, he beat Bama last year. He should have possibly beat him this year, but. Well, they didn't I mean, beat him this point, year because he failed. He met, you know what I mean? It's That's on I, his coaching. Called an I awful just think play. at some point, you got to look at the results that have been already put out on the table and just say. I th- is it time we look at somebody else? I don't think it's yet. I think because he just brought in this big recruiting class. I think that they're still young. We'll give them some time. But the p- fact that he can't develop a quarterback still right now. We're in year five. Yeah, so I I give him time. I don't think it's – don't hit the panic, the super panic button yet. I think it's cause for concern level. That's all I, I- I would say if I was an A&M booster right now, right? Mm-hmm. If they lose against Auburn, I'm hitting the panic button. See, because at this point, wouldn't you have already hit the panic button, though? But the reason I'm hitting it is because you're five, you're not going to a bowl game. You just lost to a team without a pulse. I think it's a home game, too. No, it's at Auburn. It's a sold-out oh, it It's sold-out, too. It's mm-hmm. sold-out? Who's yep. going to the game? Auburn fans, I guess. Watch old Robbie Ashford sling the ball around. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so Auburn is going to be playing under Cadillac Williams, right? I think they'll win. Auburn wins. I, I think they win, too. That's the sad mm-hmm. thing. I think they, can't throw the ball. I have a buddy that's dad was a um, – he's he's a coach at Auburn. So, like, they um, – I think the boys are playing with that nothing to lose – Intern coach who seems inspired and re given this guy's a life. I mean, you could just look at last he's week. A program I mean, lesson. You could have just looked at last week and been like, "That's all I need to know." They could have easily just folded, packed it up, and left. Starkville. They were down twenty-four-three. I think so. It's stupid like that. They came back and took the lead at one point, and they were a botched kickoff away from possibly winning that. So. I think the I think they win out, right? I think Texas A and M 
is just slowly just continuing their downward spiral. And I think that's that's what all I got. Give me go War Damn Eagle. No. <laughs> no, all, all, what what I would say is that I think A and M is in a weird pickle where they don't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. They haven't been able to rec- like properly develop any wide receivers. Yep. They're struck. They're, he's Jimbo Fisher's gotten into the same problem he had at Florida State where he can't recruit offensive linemen either. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like one of those things where you sit back and look and go, where where do you move forward though? Like, yeah, where, I, what, what do you? Like, it what has do you do? to start with the play calling. I think the defense defensively they're sound. They're fine, and they've been fine for years. But like, it's you got to be points. able. You got to find. The play calling's not working. I mean, you just gotta find some new life with that on that side of the football. But until he does, I don't see where they can go. I don't know. I don't know. Good time. Yeah. That's all that's all I got. Alrighty. I I just think it's getting bad for them. Well you shall see. Alrighty, so we've come we've drawn near to the end of this podcast. Um yeah. section of uh, we're just going to go over a quick couple of best bets for the weekend, if we want. Um, I have mine already played out. I don't know. Do you have any things that maybe seem enticing? The only thing that I'm really looking at is Colorado versus USC. Mm-hmm. I, um, let me double-check the spread. but It's 31, I think. 34. 34, yeah. Colorado is covering the spread. All right. That's my, if you want, if you want, if you want, if you want to make some money, Colorado not only is going to cover the spread, but I, I think it. the over under is going to be higher than sixty six. Mm-hmm. I have eleven plays this weekend. Oh, eleven. Eleven. One second. What in the hell? Damn thing. Anyway, all right. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um, I'll just briefly go through them. Indiana, yeah. plus 40 this weekend mm-hmm. at Ohio State. I'll take That's the Hoosiers. Yeah. Take the Hoosiers. Uh, they, for some reason, always play Ohio State close, so like at least a half. And then they only Is lose by in... like 20. It's at, no, oh, it's, it's, at, it's, at the, it's at the horseshoe, though. I don't think. I'll take, there's I'll no take way the 40. Yeah, no way. I'll take the 40. No way. Uh, West Virginia plus eight. I'll take it. Uh, they're still looking to beat Oklahoma for the first time since joining the Big Twelve. They haven't beat them since '08. Um, I think if this is the if there's a year to do it, it's this year. You're at home. Yeah. I got nothing to lose. Noon kickoff. It's a noon kickoff, and you're getting north of a touchdown. I'll take the eight. Uh, LSU. I'm taking the points. Take them to cover minus three. Yep. Um, uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, I handicapped it. The over-under is 35 right now. I handicapped it and put the under at 37 and a half. Okay. God, God rest your soul if you're a fan of one of these teams. Anyway, uh, Tulane, I'll take the minus one and a half. Uh, Florida, I'm taking the five. I handicapped it. They're an eight-point favorite right now. It's senior day. 
They're playing South Carolina. I don't really know South Carolina. I I don't know what um, Spencer Rattler's still doing. I think that Florida wins. I think the big win. I think, despite how bad A and M is last week, that was a big game for Anthony Richardson. As bad as because as poorly as he played against Georgia, for him to step up, bounce back after at A and M, I think that carries over. I think they get bowl eligible. I handicapped at the five. I'll take the five and the cover. Uh, Oregon minus thirteen. Texas Tech minus three to get Kansas at home. Kansas coming off one of the biggest wins in program history, making them bowl eligible. The field goal post is still in the river. Shit happens, according to their staff. Uh, I think Texas Tech bounces back. They let the TCU game slip from beneath them. They're getting them at home. They beat Texas at home already. They've given some other teams fits at home. I think they win outright. Uh, taking the points, Georgia 16.5. Why not? Uh TCU, Texas, I'm hammering the over, and then Auburn minus one and a half. Those are my plays for the week. Yeah. So, I think we're I... good right there. I think. Yep. I don't have any big ones. I'm not a big. I'm not great with the numbers personally. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts? How to get better? <laughs> well, any final thoughts here before we call this thing? Yeah. Only other thing I'll have to say is that I think the committee is pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Oh, we knew that. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, they are. Uh, it's just so subjective. I just, it's just. You, I mean, we have. I think there's a commissioner in there from Ohio State. I don't know. I, I don't would know. put Michigan above Ohio State personally, but you know. Well, it's, it's good there. They're gonna. Uh, they play. Each they'll, other. they'll play it out. So we'll figure that out real soon. Um, yeah. I don't really have any final thoughts. I mean. Let's have a Saturday, you know. Um, yeah. So starts tonight. I think it's going to be a great Saturday tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's an under a decent yeah. Saturday, especially after last week. Last week's Saturday was unbelievable. So this week, I think there's some solid games still. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, hopefully yeah. both our teams win, show up, show out, and we will uh, pretty much conclude it from now. Uh, we'll, yeah. When we say the next podcast will be uh, – Saturday we'll be night. back after the game Saturday night. We'll okay. we'll recap a lot of the bigger scores, bigger games. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we'll recap the Georgia and the Florida State game, but mm-hmm. we'll uh, be back then. I said we go going forward. I think the schedule will be. We'll have a reaction. We'll have our like today pod, which will be a look ahead, like into today's the matchups, like we did today. A reaction yeah. after Saturday, and then we'll do a like a Tuesday night after the rankings. So, um, other than that, I don't have anything. I don't know if you, but I only thing only thing I'll have to add mm-hmm. is I recently made a purchase. I bought one of the Wyoming polos. Mm. Very nice. Nice, with the nice. Brown with the gold cowboy. <laughs> Oof, icy, icy. Looking good. All right. Alrighty. We'll be back. Um, see you guys. See ya.